It's a wonder why so many enthusiasts are drawn to the appeal of outdoor activities. With a potential risk of danger lurking at every corner, why leave the comforts of our interior walls and the luxuries of a padded couch? Because Mother Nature is damn sexy. <laughs> <laughs> What do you do when you come out as LGBTQ and love the outdoors? What do you do when you see the outdoor space ruled by older white cis men and desire a diverse community of outdoor lovers? Accept it, change it, create it. I am Justin Yoder, and this is LGBT Outdoors. What's up, everyone? I'm Justin Yoder, the host of the podcast, and I'm so glad that you're tuning in with us again. We have a special episode this week called Campfire Conversations. This is where we take time to share your stories. So if you have a story about the outdoors, whether it's scary or funny or inspiring or whatever it might be, and you are interested in us possibly sharing it on our podcast, email it to us at info at LGBToutdoors.com. I have two guests, not really guests, co-hosts with me tonight, <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Thompson and JC Rianton. Hey, everyone. Hi, listeners. You guys sound excited tonight. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know what? We're, we're doing this almost at the end of a week on a Thursday. Um, we are. And have you ever had a week when... It just never ends <laughs> with <laughs> yes. everything, life, work, extracurriculars. It's it's one of those weeks, and I'm I'm just excited for for it to end for the weekend well, to start. You're one of these guys that have a normal nine to five, and so for me, I'm like, I don't know when a week is beginning and when a week is ending. <laughs> Same. I'm like, Same. oh, it is I, Thursday, I, isn't it? I truly but, didn't know what day it was yesterday. But it's bonkers. But you know, since like I've I've been doing more stuff outside of like my Monday to Friday, like picking up more video gigs and stuff like that and filling up my weekend, it's it's starting to blur. Um Yeah, you're starting I mean, to I like, get that. I like to be busy, but <laughs> Yeah, you're starting to understand our schedule and why we're so crazy all the time. Yep, yep. You guys got a bunch of snow, right? Uh, a little bit, but it hasn't been. It's it's kind of slowed down um, now, uh, which I'm I'm about to welcome the spring in, with my you know with open arms. I can't wait for the warm weather to come. Me too. Me too. You, it seems like you were just yeah. talking about how you're excited about the the winter weather, but um, our ambassador, Albert. Denver ambassador uh, Josh McNabb, just did an event out there that you joined him on for snowshoeing, and it looked incredible. Oh yeah, it was it was fun. Um, Rocky Mountain National Park. It's always a great time up there. Um, we did. It was a bear. We parked at Bear Lake. Uh, parking lot and we hit we hit up uh, a lot of frozen lakes um, so it was it was a lot of fun and we got to play in the snow and um, some parts got really deep uh, as far as the snow so we we had to put on the snowshoes but it was a good time super windy but we had a good group cool that's yeah. awesome it looked like a good group 
Your guys' uh, Instagram stories were cracking me up, so I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, so we got some cool things coming up this year that we want to let people know about. Um, one that we're really excited about that we're getting ready to kick off is our adventure trips. And we have two that are going to happen for sure. And I think that JC, you're working on one as well. But the two that we have live and registration is open right now is a Colorado fishing trip that's happening in April. And then we're doing a national parks trip to Glacier National Park um, that I am super excited about. So if you want to check those out, go over to our website, um, lgbtoutdoors.com, click on events, and then you will see adventure trips under there. So that's going to be cool and something that we hope to develop more and more as we continue to grow. The other thing we have coming up later this year is Outdoor Fest. Yes. yes. So excited about that. It's going to happen in uh, September. How would you guys describe Outdoor Fest, LGBT Outdoor Fest? It's like summer camp for adults. That's how I always describe it. For gay adults at that. LGBTQ uh, yes. adults. <laughs> yes. Um, it's week, fun, I think that's fair. filled weekend. Well, we are a gay yeah, I mean, organization. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Yes, that's true. <laughs> I mean, there's like, you know, educational workshops, lots of opportunities to um, like pick up new skills or try out new, uh, you know, activities you know, fishing, hiking, backpacking. I forget what all we have. Justin can tell you. Um, but you know, you kind of get a, a sampling of stuff, um, w- w- with the goal of, you know, hopefully piquing your interest and you can go home and, um, start I- exploring that and, and get you out outdoors some more, but it's also like a big time, com- uh, weekend for community and meeting others and cutting up and um, sitting around the campfire telling stories, which is kind of what we're trying to replicate via a podcast, question mark. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's always been a blast. Uh, I absolutely love it. I look forward to it. And um, this next one in September will be uh, even better really excited yeah and it's gonna be at rainbow ranch here in texas um it's a lgbtq friendly campground um and the one we hosted in texas it's a camping event so everybody will camp out or we'll provide tents for those that don't have them there's all kinds of workshops like you said a lot of community building people come in from all over the u.s for it and we just have a blast last one was in colorado and we sold out so if you're interested Again, head over to our website, LGBT Outdoors, click on events, and you'll see LGBT Outdoor Fest. Also on our homepage is a highlight video from our last one, so you can get a good idea of what it's like. But I am ready to jump into some listener stories. You guys ready for these? Oh, yeah. Yes. Sweet. All right. Am I going first? We talked about this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going first. So this one is from um, a guy named Josh. And then, so I'm going to be reading his story and we're going to be talking about it we, as we go. And so let's dive in. He says, I'm Josh and this is my story. I've learned that I am most safe when I am outside. I used to spend a majority of my time in the woods around my house growing up. 
It was hard to be a queer kid in a small conservative town, so I'd escape into nature. There I didn't worry about what I was wearing or if my voice was too high. I wasn't scared of saying or doing the wrong things that would give my secrets away. The trees never cared, and I figured I wouldn't either. One of my last apartments backed up against a local nature preserve. I would go there often to run and just get away for a bit. There was plenty of trails to hike away from the paved paths most people would use, so I would usually use those or left the trails altogether. I usually would hike or run or listen to podcasts or audiobooks, but sometimes I'd be in the right mood to listen to music. Over the past five years or so, I've been exploring my gender identity and expressions. I have a lot of internalized identity shame, don't we all? So the expression side of this journey has been extremely hard for me. I have an intense fear of embarrassment, even about small things like what kind of music I like to listen to. I was shamed as a kid for liking quote-unquote girly music and to the point where I would hide just so that I could mouth along to the lyrics. I would even go outside deep into the woods just so I could sing a song quietly to myself that I wasn't allowed to like. It was empowering and I felt like I was reclaiming that part of my childhood when I practiced the walk on the trail with Sissy That Walk blasting in my ears. I could sing along and stop to break it down with duck walks and voguing like I was on the damn main stage. I wasn't any good at it, but again, the trees never cared. Eventually, I always ended up back at the main path and would head home. Along the way, I'd usually like to pull up Snapchat location maps and see what others were enjoying at the preserve. It kind of helped me feel connected to everyone there that day. And it was a great way to test my comfort boundaries since I could see other people in my safe space outside of actually seeing them. Well, one day I opened up the Snapchat app, clicked on a story, and I was in it. Someone had secretly filmed me walking and dancing and put the caption, quote unquote, these woods are so magical, even the fairies are out, hashtag faggot forest. Could you really even see it was me? Not really. It wasn't even that clear. I mean, kind of, but with my history and hate crimes and my shame, I was devastated and honestly kind of scared. I didn't feel like it was my safe space any longer. And now I was that sassy squatch on the preserve that others might have to look out for. I didn't go back after that. Not in a way that mattered anyway. It was, it has been years and I've worked through it, but it really set me back. Josh. Dang. Mm. Oh, that was the end of it? Yeah. Huh. Yes. Uh, that's um, how he left it. I I do know Josh, and so I I my understanding is he still does enjoy nature and getting out there. But I feel like this is such a powerful story to share a big part of what we do. You know, a lot of people that are part of our events and everything, um, might not even think about this aspect of it, about the safety and how it can be a hard place for a lot of people. Um, But I think that a big part of what LGBT outdoors does is try to make the outdoors a safer place for people. Like one thing um, that Josh said a, a couple of times is the trees don't care. 
And I thought that that was a, a really kind of poetic um, thing to notice is that, you know, the, the trees don't care. Um, and we get to go and, and hang out in nature and, and do our thing, ideally being who we are, being authentic. Um, and uh, some clown had to take a good bit of effort to try to embarrass Josh. Like that was, you know, ag aggressive intent, um, you know, to poke fun, to uh, attack, to belittle somebody um, with whom, you know, he's never come in contact with. He doesn't know Josh. Josh doesn't know him. Yeah. And it just boggles my mind that somebody would go to that extreme of trying to publicly shame somebody. And, and it's really, really unfortunate and really sad, especially in what should be, um, you know, a safe, uh, if not sacred space. You know, that, that, that guy doesn't own the outdoors. He doesn't own that reserve. And I, man, that's, that's really frustrating. And Josh, I'm really sorry that, that you went through that. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree, um, uh, about, you know, how you, you said it, the trees don't care. That's, that's such a, a strong statement that just like illustrates, you know, like self-expression, self-expression doesn't mean like expressing yourself doesn't mean you have to have an audience that you'd have to have somebody else there, you know, as gay people, we go through a lot internally um, of trying to keep in who we are for a long time, whether, you know, we know it or not, but during that time before you can actually, you know, finally say like, Oh, this is who I am and I'm going to embrace who I am. It's, you know, it's, it's a very liberating feeling um, to be able to express yourself however you want to. And nobody has to be there to witness it. It's just you being free um, and yeah, you know what, the sad thing about it is this is the story that we're hearing from someone who, um, who we know, but think about like just all the stories that have not been heard of, of people feeling humiliated or, or embarrassed, um, when they shouldn't be, because at the end of the day, we're all just you know, living our truth without hurting other people the way that that other person kind of hurt and probably didn't think that it was a, a big deal. Yeah. Well, yeah, and like the thing is, is that not everybody has the luxury of living their truth. True. Yeah, that's very true. Like um, some people live in circumstances where like they're, you know, their well-being, if not their lives, are literally on the line, and they cannot be authentic. They've got to put on, you know, the the, the straight mask, you know, facade or um, whatever it is, um, and, and pretend. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, my heart breaks for that, and that w there is a society that keeps them you know, under wraps. 
Yeah. And I, I mean, that's kind of what I, I was thinking too. Like how many people are being robbed from the outdoor experience because they're afraid something like this might happen to them. I hope that if people have experiences like this, they're able to get back out there, but how many maybe have never even had a, a cool outdoor experience because they're just like, Oh, that's, that's a place for, you know, cis masculine white men. And that's not me. You know, I, uh, I love that our group is so diverse and people feel, especially on our local chapter events, that they can just be who they are and have fun and cut loose. And And it's a great place to be able to get connected to the outdoors because you're in a safe group. But obviously, we don't have groups every single place across the U.S. yet <laughs> um, hmm. but to be able to create those. But I want people to be able to have the freedom to be able to experience the outdoors for for so many different reasons, the health benefits, the, the beauty, the, the joy. Um, and yeah, it's not for everybody, but for those that even have a, a slight desire to be able to experience the outdoors, I want them to be able to have that. Um, we are, sure. we're working hard to bring awareness about um, LGBTQIA plus people in the outdoors. And, you know, you guys know that we're doing the the vis- visibility survey, which is on our website. Um, the more people that we get to fill this out, the more information we are able to share. But it basically is letting us know like what percentage of our community loves to be in the outdoors to begin with, and then who feels welcome in outdoor spaces, whether that be outdoor stores um, and retail, or if that's trails or camping sites. Um, how many have faced discrimination in these places? And this is information that, you know, we're not doing it extremely scientific, but there's nothing out there on this right now to show any stats. So I think this is a great place to start to be able to show, especially the corporate world, like, look, our community wants a seat at the table and our community does love the outdoors and we aren't going to let people chase us away from it. Yeah. So if if people are listening and they want to help us with that, you know, again, go to the website. It's in the menu, the visibility survey, loves for short, which stands for LGBT Outdoors Visibility Survey. Um, and uh, the more information that we can gather, the more that we can take it to companies and be able to show them like, look, we're here. All right. So that was a little bit of a heavier one. Not all of our stories are heavy. Um, it just, but it's important. It is important. It but is important. very important. Oh, totally important. Like, uh, I remember like it wasn't in the outdoors. Uh, it was up in my room when I was growing up. I remember going up into my room and like dancing. I didn't know what dancing was. I was just like this. I just feel like doing the thing to this music, which was more often than not Andrew Lloyd Webber, Starlight Express. So if we weren't aware that I was gay yet, um, looking backwards, but it's fine. It's fine. It's a fantastic musical. And I, I, hearing this story from Josh, like brought back that memory. And it was a weird um, sort of cathartic, thing that, that that I got to do. Um, now, given I was in the, um, you know, the confines of my room, nobody was around. And so I, I didn't have any wandering eyes, but, um, you know, 
let people dance, you know? Yeah. yeah. Winnebago Industries is a leading U.S. manufacturer of outdoor lifestyle products. Their goal is to help their customer from glamping enthusiasts to off-road explorers embrace the outdoors through one of their recreational vehicles, powerboats, or pontoons. Winnebago Industries is proud to partner with leading industry and outdoor-oriented organizations such as us, LGBT Outdoors, who share in their desire to enable extraordinary mobile experiences for everyone. Together, we can all be great outdoors. I am up next with a story from Robin. Uh, she is one of our LGBT Outdoors ambassadors in Waco, Texas. Um, she is a hoot. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> yes. hysterical, sarcastic, and feisty. And we adore her. Um, and she wanted to share this story. So I'm going to see if I can read it and do it justice. I can't even remember the first time I went camping. My dad took me fishing and hunting all the time as a child, so being outdoors was like second nature to me. I always preferred it to being alone in the woods. They seem more relaxing to me that way. For dad, sleeping under the stars was literally sleeping under the stars in the back of a pickup with no shelter or tent. Oh, we had a tent, but he never used it. Probably because it was made in the 70s and was convoluted to set up. Then I had a brother-in-law show me how to really camp. He took me all over Texas camping at state parks. He took me to Lake Mineral Wells and Enchanted Rock for camping trips. I have to say it was Lake Mineral Wells that I really fell in love with. I learned to rock climb there and how to really camp. Over the years, I've taken friends there and even took my eldest son when he was 10 years old. Then a slump happened. I took a long break from the great outdoors. Don't really know why. Camping was how I relax and got rid of stress that builds up while being an adult. Plus, it doesn't help that I picked one of the most stressful jobs as my career. She's an EMT. I got back into the outdoors in a different way in mountain biking. I didn't really enjoy it at first and took another break. What happens next was absolutely the hardest thing I've ever done. I came out as transgender to my wife. Everything that had built up in my life for 40 years, I just dumped on her in five seconds. I went in not knowing how it would go. Would she stay by my side? Would she leave me? I didn't know, but I had to tell her. She stayed. The most loyal of partners and the one constant in my life that I could always depend on for anything. Coming out made us stronger and changed our relationship in so many ways. She's gotten into the outdoors to be with me. I started with mountain biking, then hiking, and now kayaking. She doesn't share my joy for the outdoors like I do. She prefers an RV to a pop-up tent. She enjoys driving to a campsite while I enjoy throwing a backpack on and hiking for long miles to find a flat piece of dirt to pitch a tent. I still enjoy solo adventures. Last year, I went on my first long-distance-from-home solo camping trip. I took a trip to Lake Mineral Wells. I wanted my first time to be someplace familiar, but far from home. It's a two-hour drive from home, and there isn't anyone that will hear you scream out there. <laughs> I spoke to the ranger checking in, and that was it till I left. I took my mountain bike and hit the trails for a while. I stopped and cooked some lunch for me before stowing the mountain bike. All I can say about the trails is thick sand. Not a lot of elevation, but the sand slows down a bike really quick. 
I started down the over two mile hike that had a lot of bowling ball sized rocks that make it easy to twist an ankle. I made it out of the hardest part of the trail and then it opens to a flat terrain. Not long after I came up to a mesquite tree, I happened to look down and see a large gray snake on the trail. I guess it didn't want anything to do with me besides scare the crap out of me. It went up into the tree and wound its way around the branches, and it didn't take me long to identify it as non-venomous. It stayed there, daring me to go underneath it like it was eager to drop on my head. I treaded my way carefully and watchfully past the snake-infested tree. I made it to my campsite about 30 minutes later and didn't see any more snakes. I walked around the primitive area and found that I had the place to myself. I found a nice spot on the trail and put up a tent. I staked it down and there without knowing what to do next. I wanted to go explore the rest of the area, but didn't want to leave my gear behind in case somebody else came along. I eventually got up and went walking about. About 50 yards down the trail, I found the absolutely perfect place to camp. It was bare dirt with rocks already for a fire. The trees had encircled the site that would have grown in such a way to provide adequate shelter if I hadn't brought a tent with me. I hurried back to my first site and picked up my tent. I didn't bother collapsing it and carried it <laughs> to the new place. That a girl. <laughs> Once again, it was staked in the ground and all was quiet. I sat on a rock for a while deciding what to do next. I still had plenty of sunlight left before having to worry about the nocturnal animals of the area, or so I thought. While sitting there contemplating my next course of action, I heard a single roar of a mountain lion. I froze and strongly considered packing everything up and heading back to find a car camping spot. I didn't, though, and I went and explored the creek some more. It took a bit of wrangling to get down to it, but I did. I never saw any cougar tracks, and I'm glad. I wandered around for a short time before heading back to the campsite. At this point, I still hadn't talked to another living soul. I sat around the site for a bit before breaking out the gear for dinner. I took the stove and hooked it up to the gas. I measured out some water for boiling. Then I sat and waited. A watch pot does not boil unless it's a high-performance stove made just to boil water. Once it reached a rolling boil, I turned the stove off and poured the water into the bag. Once sealed, I just had to wait for the allotted time. That wasn't easy. Eventually, I reached the part where I opened the bag and stir only to close it again. Once again, the waiting game does not come naturally to me. Once the time was up, I opened the bag and started digging in. It didn't take me long to realize that the time mentioned on the bag is the shortest time allowed. I closed the bag and let the food sit for a bit longer. By now, it had gotten pretty dark. Time elapsed again, and I managed to wolf down my dinner alone in the dark. With the sinking sun comes the animals that live in the night. It didn't take long for me to hear coyotes howling in the distance. Then came turkeys roosting in the trees, making their calls. I climbed into my tent and sleeping bag for the night. One of the perks of Lake Mineral Wells' cell phone service of the area. It was either 5G or nothing. Luckily, I was able to download a movie on my phone, so I had something to watch. After a bit, I decided to turn it off and try to sleep. When I had last checked the weather prior to making this trip, it was supposed to get down into the mid-50s. My sleeping bag was rated down to 20 degrees. I still had some base clothes on when I climbed into the bag, and I laid there and listened to the night creatures make their sound. I have to admit that I was worried at first. Some of the coyotes sounded very close. I didn't think that they would come near me, but fear puts doubt into your mind. 
Eventually, I drifted off to sleep, and it didn't take long. I woke up freezing. I had an extra blanket in my backpack, so I pulled it out and stuffed it into the sleeping bag with me. I tried to go back to sleep, and it took a long time. Finally, I did and woke up to the sunlight creeping through the tree limbs. I checked the weather, and it got down to 44 degrees that night, way colder than I expected, but prepared for. I laid in the bag, warm and cozy, not wanting to get up and face the cold. I finally decided to get up and get moving, but a full bladder made the decision for me. I ate a quick breakfast and broke camp. I was still good on food and water. I began to hike back to the trailhead. I noticed plenty of turkey tracks on the trail before me. And I saw a few deer grazing on the grass in the light of dawn. Most paid no attention to me, and I was happy about that. This is their home, and I am the guest. Disturbing them while they were eating was not something I wanted to do to them. I got to the trailhead and was happy to see my pickup. I checked everything and loaded it up. I drove off and went to my next destination. First time I came to Lake Mineral Wells, there was a group of teenagers and an adult rock climbing. The teens were learning and we watched them climb up the limestone, some with ease, some with a lot of issues. The group leader asked if we wanted to join them and learn to climb. We did and instantly fell in love. Fast forward to today and I still climb any chance I get. Sadly, I live in a place where there's no real place to climb. Since I was by myself, I couldn't do any climbing. I did bring my gear just in case, but I still had the place to myself. I explored for a while and looked at routes that piqued my interest. I found a few and decided that next time I need to bring a friend. I got back to my pickup and started to the ranger's office at the entrance of the park. I checked in and let them know that I was leaving. This was the first person I had spoken to since I arrived at the park. I saw a few others hiking and walking around, but never got close enough to say hello. It does come in handy coming on a weekday. I hit the road and started home. I stopped by Starbucks because, of course, and got something for the road. <laughs> I decided on the way home that next time I will bring a friend, but definitely next time I will continue to do solo hikes and solo camping. I enjoyed the time alone and felt like I managed to prove to myself that I could do this. Granted, it was only for one night, but it was a good test run. Next time will be longer and I'll be ready for it. Thank you, Robin, for sharing that. That was nice. That's cool. There's two things that really jump out to me with her story that I love. One, hearing about, you know, her transition, you know, she before transitioning, got into the outdoors in this spot in Mineral Wells. And then after transitioning and her wife becoming okay with who she was and everything, she went back to that spot. And I think that that's really cool and had yeah. to be a pretty powerful um, moment for her, I would think. And the other thing that I love about it is that she wasn't afraid to get out there by herself. I think so many times we we're good at making excuses of why we don't go and get outdoors. And I think one of the big ones is we're wanting friends and, and people to go with, which is great and everything. But I think it's also cool just to get out there by yourself sometimes. And I love that she's not afraid to do that. Well, it's a safety net. Like, you know, what if I don't know how to put the tent up or, you know, like th there's, there's a lot of things where it's just, I mean, uh, aside from potential safety issues, like it, it is nice to have, you know, somebody around. It's definitely a, like a different experience when you go uh, by yourself. I mean, yeah, like I, f I feel like it's, it's more risky 
Um, but at the same time, you, you get that time, uh, like you get some alone time to just kind of reflect on things and like not have to worry too much about making sure everyone's, you know, having a good time and everyone's safe. It's, it's just kind of you. Um, I've done a lot of solo hikes and, uh, I don't remember doing any solo camping. Um, but yeah, it's just a different experience. Um. You know what I was kind of when I was kind of listening to that to her story, I can't help but make parallels to some of what we've heard from uh, Sam and Justine, uh, with kind of how you know you have to face the truth with who you are as a person, and um, it's it's such a gift to know that you know it was a an unintended kind of test of of each other's love but you know after coming to terms with who they are it's you know you get to still have your partner there to be with you to love you unconditionally and i thought and i think that's such a an amazing thing um the other thing that i yeah the other thing that i kind of um um, I made parallels to is how, you know, kind of like with, with Josh, with like being in the outdoors in the beginning, and then somehow you just kind of lose that connection with the outdoors and, and how it, it has a way of, of pulling you back. Um, it speaks to how just like nature has like that healing that you know you just you just go back to it and and i don't know i i love that part of it too and i'm glad that she came back yeah <laughs> yeah robin did. definitely yeah. yeah and like reading this story and having the the honor of of knowing her for a little while uh like so brave and i i don't i don't say like that I don't say you're brave in like that sort of, Oh, bless your heart sort of way. But like for real, like brave, like stepping through past your fear mm-hmm. to, you know, whatever's on the other, uh, other side of it. Like, the, the, you know, you, you go from like being brave to powerful. A- and th- that's kind of what I'm, what I, I got out of this. Like she's just, I mean, so strong. Yeah. Um, question, f- f- like Justin coming from Missouri, JC being up in Colorado. When I said the word coyote, is that how y'all pronounce it? Oh, no. Or do you coyote. say coyote? Coyote. Yeah. I say coyote. I, I, I'm, I'm a, I, I flip for some reason. I don't know. Depending on who I'm talking to, it's either coyote or coyote. I, uh, it's interesting. You mentioned that because I was listening to a podcast last week, last week or the week before where they were talking about that. And, um, I should have been paying attention more. My, <laughs> so I this is a very weird, better, op- but they had a great explanation of it. Why, why there's a difference in like the pronunciation. Yeah. I, my observation, which absolutely has no 
basis, except my own observation, is <laughs> if there's a chance that you might run into one in area in those areas, you call it a coyote. I've always known it. I've always heard it called being called coyote, but that's because I, I came from the northeast, and I feel like you never you would never run into a coyote in in New York. So I don't know. That's what they call it in TV and movies and cartoons. (laughs) (laughs) Cartoons, exactly. I I was about to go there. I was exactly about to go there. Like the rhyme scheme, you know, the the famous Warner Brothers character Wiley Coyote. Yeah, like you get the rhyming. It doesn't work if it's Wiley Coyote. You know, so. I'd be really curious if there's like an official uh, or, or or where it became slang. I don't know. If I can find something, I'll put something in the show notes. I don't think it's slang from what I was remembering by that. Linguistics. Is that how you would mm-hmm. say it? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. That was on that podcast talking about it. Um, but again, I don't remember it well enough to be able to be able to stand ground on any way of it. <laughs> So I think, I think I think we jump to uh, JC's story that he has to share. Sure. Uh, all right. So it's my turn. Uh, this was written by Cindy Nam and she's a good friend of mine. And also uh, she is a partner to one of our ambassadors out here in Colorado, um, Kaylee Olson. Um so I'm going to start. Uh, this doesn't have a title, um, just like how uh, all of ours uh, didn't, uh, but I'll just go ahead with it. Um, all right. Mother Nature, the mysterious way she works, so grand and majestic, all powerful and sometimes downright ruthless. It's a wonder why so many enthusiasts are drawn to the appeal of outdoor activities. With a potential risk of danger lurking at every corner, why leave the comforts of our interior walls and the luxuries of a padded couch? Because Mother Nature is damn sexy. (laughs) The incredible... (laughs) Very true. The incredible worldviews and hard lessons learned along the way are well worth the journey. My journey started with chronic loneliness and depression. I casually dated for years without much success, and no amount of Tinder swiping could fill the void. I filled my time with little hobbies and gatherings, trying to find myself and my life purpose after graduating college. I would often come home to an empty apartment and contemplate the life choices that brought me there. I continued to tell myself to focus on my career because that would make me happy. Maybe modern society has been so far removed from our primitive primitive nature, we crave for some form of our previous ancestral life. Even the emotional bond between humans and pets highlight the need for humans to connect with nature. There is something very satisfying about gathering around the warmth of a nice campfire to share stories and cook a nice meal. Turns out happiness can be achieved in the simplest of ways. After several failed attempts at relationships or finding a girl to travel with, I decided to hit the road solo with my dog and camp at as many national parks along the way. 
I could not continue to wait for others to make me happy. Perhaps the extra absorption of the sun's vitamins had something to do with it. But for, for the first time in a very long time, I felt happy. I safely arrived to my campsite at Grand Canyon National Park. My camp was set, a nice fire was burning, and all my stressors left my mind. I enjoyed the calm, serene sound of leaves rustling in the wind, relaxed in my hammock, and just lived in the moment. Sadly, this blissful moment was rudely interrupted by rain, unexpected and unwanted company, a literal damper. I once again contemplated my life choices as I scurried to take shelter from the elements. If Mother Nature has taught me any lesson, it is that sometimes it isn't always about rainbows and sunshine, but how to embrace the challenges thrown at you. Roughing it outdoors can be difficult. No, you nasty. Not that kind of roughing. <laughs> oh my God, I love her. <laughs> oh, listen. But the overcoming of challenges after stripping all the luxuries of normal life. The creativity needed to solve our problems is often what makes the overall experience rewarding. It is similar to the sense of accomplishment you feel after reaching a very difficult mountain summit after many struggling miles. Once you reach the top, you are rewarded with out-of-this-world views. Views that reach deep into your soul and strike you with awe. Views that can only be experienced and not described. It makes every hard step, every deep breath, and every bead of sweat worth it. Much like hiking and camping, I wonder if it is the hardships and challenges faced in life that makes the outcome of living that much more worthy and rewarding. I have since found a wonderful partner who adventures with me. Without experiencing the feeling of chronic loneliness and going through the difficult journey of coming out, maybe finding love would not have been as rewarding. Anyway, I encourage everyone to take a break from all the technology and go outside to detox from the modern world. Slow down and take a walk. Water your plants and show your pets some love. Reconnect with nature for a moment. A moment your mind, body, and soul desperately needs. That was wow. it. <laughs> that oh, was great. I Cindy, love that. Thank you oh. for sending that in. Beautiful. That was so great. And if that's not like a, a billboard for exploring the outdoors, I, I don't know what is. Like that, that's just like the perfect little uh, trailer, I guess, for for like perfect little advertisement. Really yeah. cool. Is is really cool that it's like when. She wanted love and, and she wanted to find that life partner, but it was so cool that when she kind of came to the terms that she, she wasn't going to wait for that and to go ahead and, and make her own adventures that that's when love came into her life. And it's like, I think, I think that could be a lot of people's stories, like a lot of people, and I've heard it too from people in in our in our group and in our members membership where people are just like, I'll never find that person that loves to go and do outdoor stuff with me. And it's like, well, okay, but go ahead and go do the outdoor stuff, you know, and don't be right. surprised if that love comes to you along the way. But but don't wait for the adventure, you know. 
it out there. I feel like that's when it is the best feeling when when it just happens without without planning. When you're out there just kind of living your life and like finding out the things that you love most about and just being you and and you know living your dreams you know somewhere along the way that person is just going to come and and see you kind of living your truth and 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 you know you being your best self like the most confident and and just being happy on your own i mean i i met my husband just from like doing the things that i love doing like exercising and you know i didn't plan for it and he came along i you know i her story like to me it it spoke to me because you know there's this there's like this whole I, i guess like there's this whole debate about like how life would be if like you never like died and how how would that be if like we lived forever i feel like death gives life meaning so like mm. to tie that into this it's like the reason why so many things uh feel great is because you worked hard for it like you it is rewarding because of the challenges like it it means more because you put in effort for things um for those things and yeah it's true like 14ers are not easy they're you're kind of like like most of the time you're just kind of like is like are we there yet like what did i do to myself (laughs) and then and then you get a reminder at the very top of the reasons why you wanted to do it because there's just no way you can get those amazing epic 360 views of 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 the mountains unless you put in the work unless you wake up at 3 a.m in the morning and beat the rush and get to the parking lot and and then to have friends that understand that and and take on that challenge with you and get to the top it's it's a surreal experience and and i would do it again and work isn't just like the the physical labor of of hiking up a mountain or or whatnot. Like the, the work for me uh, is getting all the camping crap together and like, yes. arranging for like it, it's such a pain in the butt. And like being a hundred percent honest, that keeps me from like just <laughs> jumping and wanting to go and do more more camping stuff. Yeah. Got to find somebody to to watch the dogs and you know make sure that I have gas in my car and and like it, it there's a lot of details and, and planning um, that go into it that, that's just outside of you know finding a, a camping spot and putting up the tent. But a hundred percent of the time, when I do that, even if it's like a, a fishing trip, like it, it's always just like oh. I'm so glad I did this. Mm-hmm. So glad I did this. And I just need to get over myself about like all that pre-work stuff. 
as yeah. Justin rolls his eyes and <laughs> nods his, his head knowingly. About yeah, yeah. damn time he's thinking. Uh, these were great stories. I, I enjoyed them, and I think that um, there's a lot that we can pull from them, and I hope that all of our listeners pull um, maybe the same things we did or something new or different from each one, but um, but hopefully they inspired and encouraged everybody to get outside. That's for sure. And if any of our listeners do have a campfire conversation um, story that they would like to share with us and we possibly share on the podcast, um, email it to us at info at lgbtoutdoors.com because we would love to be able to get those. And these can be all kinds of stories, you know. Maybe you ran into Bigfoot or maybe you had a life and death situation or maybe you just had a mountaintop experience that was really incredible or whatever it might be, you know. We we want to hear them all. Send them to us so we can check them out. Um, that's a great resource, our website, to find out what's going on in your area. Um, we're looking for new ambassadors. We have the visibility survey going on. We would love some sponsors for LGBT Outdoor Fest. So it's a great resource to find out how you can get involved with our organization. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in again. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Campfire Conversations. And until next time, get out there. Thank you again for joining us this week. If you have a campfire conversation story you would like to share, please email it to us at info at lgbtoutdoors.com. Follow us on Instagram at lgbtoutdoors and join the community at facebook.com slash groups slash lgbtoutdoors. Become a partner by joining our Patreon where you gain access to monthly bonus stories and exclusive content. For more information on today's episode, check out the show notes. For information about LGBT Outdoors, LGBT Outdoor Fest, local chapters, or to sign up for our newsletter, visit lgbtoutdoors.com. And if you're enjoying the show, please rate, review, and follow wherever you listen to podcasts.